ML Nation, episode 166. Network marketing, man, is income insurance. If everybody understood network marketing, they'd do it. The only reason people don't do network marketing is because they don't understand it. If you want to be successful, you just have to copy what MLM leaders do. Welcome to MLM Nation, presented by your host, Simon Chad. Where you'll learn strategies, secrets, and inspiring stories from today's top MLM income earners. Hey, this is Simon Chan, and here's an awesome resource that you definitely want to check out, especially during tax season. Uh, you file your taxes, you want to make next year a lot easier. Check out TaxBot. Okay, TaxBot is so cool. You just use your mobile phone, whether you're on iPhone, Droid, it works for all platforms. Um, you can you can take a receipt. You can cool those things when you go to meetings, and you should do a lot of meetings. Every time you're traveling, you get in a car, you need, you know your miles, that's a write-off as well. The phone will actually track how far you've driven already. And at the end of the year, instead of you know when you have to submit your taxes, instead of getting all the receipts out, putting them, you know, getting out of, sh- out of the shoebox and doing all that work and can be really stressful or putting out spreadsheets. You just go to, you just go to TaxBot and it'll make a report for you automatically. Really, really cool. Uh, it keeps you organized and when you're organized, it protects you from the IRS and also it, you track your finances better and you get a bigger tax rebate back. So definitely check out TaxBot. You can go to mlmnation.net forward slash tax. Okay, mlmnation.net forward slash tax and to check out really, really cool app. All right, with that said, let's go to today's show. ML Nation, this is Simon Chan, and I am fired up to bring our special guest today, Jennifer Merritt Moran. Jennifer, are you ready to make it happen? I am ready. Jennifer Merritt Moran has over 10 years of experience in the MLM profession and is currently the number one income earner at her company. Before she got started in network marketing, Jennifer traded hours for dollars in corporate America, working as a medical pharmaceutical rep and trainer in outside sales. However, Jennifer thought she was happy and satisfied. So in 2005, Jennifer had a six-figure income in driving a brand new Lexus company car from her job. And when a colleague asked her if she was interested in a business opportunity, Jennifer's simple response was, I don't do business opportunities. However, two weeks later, Jennifer joined, and then 18 months later, she was able to walk away from her job and become one of the top income earners. So Jennifer, I've given ML Nation just a brief intro, but please share more about your background and take us back to that moment where that colleague asked you to whether you're interested in this quote-unquote business opportunity. Yeah, I mean, well, it was pretty interesting just because, you know, of course, the, the girl that contacted me, I very much respected we were both working at a cardiovascular biotech company and it was kind of a startup company and we'd been recruited over there, sort of wooed away from our big pharmaceutical company jobs to join this company and we were offered stock options, we were making more money than we'd ever made in our lives and all the reps that were there were all creme de la creme. They were all top of the heap in terms of pharmaceutical sales. So when this girl called me, I'd, I'd only known her a few months but I very much respected her um, she had a you know very illustrious you know career and background, and I, quite frankly, I was a little shocked when she called me because she said, "I have a business opportunity for you," and I went, um, "Okay," and I was like, I, "I don't really do business opportunities." And then she was like, "No, no, no, you need to hear me out." And all I kept thinking was, "Oh, poor thing." I mean, I, I was literally thinking in my mind, Simon, 
I knew she was about five years younger than me, so I just thought, oh, the poor thing has never been hit up by one of these, you know, pyramid scheme things. That's kind of really my mindset. That's how much of a non-believer in network marketing I was. And it's not really that I thought Pampered Chef was a pyramid scheme. It's just that, you know, quite frankly, I'd never seen anybody make millions of dollars in network marketing, at least me personally. And I, I sort of had a low opinion on of it just based on on you know, my personal experience with, with my close circle of friends and then as well, just things that I had heard, you know, just what the general public sort of had perceived about network marketing. So that's sort of where my head was at when she called me. So what changed? Did you go to like an opportunity meeting? Uh, what changed? What, how, how were you exposed to that? Well, yeah. well, basically, you know, number one, I did respect her uh, very much. But, you know, as pharmaceutical reps, much like physicians calling on cardiologists, you know, it's not, it's not uncommon for us to debate with one another. And so, I, you know, I argued with her. And to her credit, one of the things that really paid off for her was that she was persistent. But fast forward, Simon, as I tell everybody a lot in network marketing, is that, you know, as, as we all know now in the industry as professionals, people in general are just starved in one of four areas of their life, always. They're either starved for time, they're starved for money, they don't have enough money, uh, they're starved in the areas of relationship. Maybe they're working all the time. You know, like I know I was as a pharmaceutical rep, I was constantly working, but yet I had three children. And because I was always working, you know, I was dropping my, you know, my kids off at daycare, you know, when they were eight weeks old, you know, right after they were born so I could go back to work. I couldn't be room mom. I couldn't volunteer to help with Little League or anything like that. So I was kind of starved for relationship from that standpoint. I couldn't volunteer at my church because I just didn't have time. I was working all the time. But lastly, um, you know, they're also starved in the areas of health, you know, too. And, and there's a lot of health and wellness companies out there as well in network marketing. And in fact, that was part of why I didn't have a real big belief in network marketing is because being a pharmaceutical rep, I'd sort of been bombarded with companies from the health and wellness industry in particular with network marketing, which is kind of ironic because I'm now in a health and wellness company in network marketing. But, um, you know, I just had a real low opinion uh, all the way around. So when my friend, you know, kind of contacted me about it, she didn't really go after me in terms of time. Even though I desperately needed my time back, um, I, I truly did. And she knew that. But she knew that I was a huge skeptic in terms of the business model in terms of the fact that I just I didn't see a way that somebody could get their time back through network marketing because I had never personally witnessed it. Um, she didn't really go after me with money because, you know, I made six figures plus as, as, a, as a specialty rep in pharmaceutical sales. Um, so kind of where she hit me was in relationship. She knew what my passions were. And this is kind of what I train my team on now. I, I tell my team, you know, it's not really about uh, what you say. It's about listening. And I actually teach them something that I call listening in 3D. You always want to listen in 3D. And what I mean by 3D is you want to listen for dreams, desires, and discontents. And that's all she had done and uh, with almost without knowing it because she was, you know, she didn't have a professional background in, in network marketing or, or multi-level marketing. She just had listened to me as a friend and she knew that I was very passionate about my church and my church at the time was very small, non-denominational church meeting in a school, but they had bought 16 acres uh, to build a building, to build a church. 
And she knew that I was real passionate about their building campaign. And so finally, after dealing with me for two weeks and me having paralysis by analysis, literally, she boiled it down to two things. Number one, she said, okay, here's the deal. First of all, why don't you just do this for your church? Just do it as a fundraiser for your church. I'm not saying you got to quit your job. I'm not saying you got to do this full time. I know you're strapped for, you know, for all of that, but just look at the generosity of the opportunity and look at it as a potential, you know, fundraiser for your church. And I said, okay, all right, now that makes sense because I would do it more for someone else at the time than I would for me. And then the last thing she told me, quite honestly, Simon, is she just literally said, okay, Jennifer, I've seen you do stupider things with $329 and I've watched you. And I just started laughing because she was right. I mean, it, it was it, the minimal investment in it, considering you know what the outcome could be for something I was passionate about, uh, outweighed everything else. And so I decided to jump in. Wow. So did you uh, attend the meeting or she just presented to you on the phone or used the tool? Well, she finally did convince me to go to a meeting, okay? And the way she did that was uh, she was actually pregnant with her second child at the time up in Dallas. And I live in Houston, which is about four and a half, five hours away from Dallas. So, And she couldn't really fly down. She really didn't want to drive down. So she had sent her brother-in-law, who had actually sponsored her into the business, down for a meeting and offered dinner, said, hey, listen, Richard's coming down. Would you at least meet him for dinner and maybe just go over and take a look at it? And really probably the biggest thing she said to me, which I now also use in training a lot, is she basically said, look, here's the deal. If it's for you, great. If not, it's no big deal, Jennifer. We are still friends. I mean, I, I just want your opinion on it. And so I said, okay, because I'm thinking free dinner. Uh, I respect her. I would do it for a friend. She's been persistent. And really, quite honestly, I just went thinking, okay, I'm just going to poke holes in it. And I'm going to tell her all the reasons I'm not going to do it. And in fact, I was so cocky, Simon, about the whole thing that when her brother-in-law, Richard, met us for dinner, he looked at his watch and said, oh my gosh, it's seven o'clock, let's go. And I was like, you know, you go on ahead. We'll, we'll meet you over there later because I was scared to death. I didn't know what to expect in a network marketing meeting because I'd heard so many rumors about it, that they're cults, you know, that they're real pushy salespeople. And so I didn't want to get there on time. And, you know, have have them singing Kumbaya and, <laughs> and blood and all of that. And so, and I brought a girl along with me almost, quote unquote, for protection. She was like my only friend that had ever done network marketing. But she had kind of done four million different things. But I at least wanted her input since she had, she was really the only person I knew with some background in it. And so we showed up. But let me tell you, we missed the whole first part of the presentation and walked in for the second part. And really what I saw, number one, was that the room was packed. I can't even really tell you anything about the presentation in terms of it wowing me. It was really almost more the bandwagon effect. The fact that I walked into this room, it was packed to the, to, to, to the walls, and that there were a lot of very reputable people that I knew from the community that were in the room. And that's when I was like, okay, all right, there, there's something to this. You know, I mean, considering, like she said, it's $329. I just don't want to miss it. And it was almost more fear of loss than anything that got me on board. So once you're on board, uh, you just basically join like a fear of loss and maybe do it as a fundraiser for your church and um, you're just spending the 329 just to shut up your friend. How did you change and start making that decision to really build the business? 
Because you well, went from someone who didn't want anything to do with it to now you're like a top, you're the number one incomer. So yes. what happened? So, so here's what happened. And, you know, just to kind of preface this whole story, obviously I've been, I've only been in two opportunities ever in network marketing. And the first company that I was with that, that I still refer to, quote unquote, as my first love in network marketing because I learned a lot there. Um, and I spent eight years there sort of, quote unquote, failing my way to the top. I did end up a top income earner there. But what really convinced me about the power of residual income, and I think all of us as network marketing professionals have heard the quote, you know, that, that if everyone knew the power of residual income, they'd be running through brick walls to get to it. And I, I had just never experienced residual income. You know, I got paid every time a doctor wrote a prescription. I didn't understand that the way the pharmaceutical company got paid was residually, which is every time that patient put that pill in their mouth for a lifetime. That's residual. Well, I didn't understand that because I'd never been paid that way. So here's how I learned it. So I jumped in, like you said, and to kind of coin a phrase I've heard a lot in network marketing out there is that, you know, you have people that are joiners and then people kind of become amateurs and then they become pros, right? Well, I was just a joiner. So I join, I'm thinking the whole thing is just kind of a game and it's fun, but it, I was successful at it. You know, I was already kind of a competitive nature person. I, I dabbled a little bit in like trying to own my own business on the side and things like that. So so, you know, as I've heard some people say, there's rhinos and there's cows, right? Well, I was kind of that cow with the little rhino horn sticking out, you know? And I think Denise uh, saw that in me, the girl that contacted me. So the bottom line is, you know, fast forward, I played around with it for about three or four months. And I got to the point, I sort of had this goal in my mind, which one of the great things my sponsor did out of the gate is she set a monetary goal. Like, what do you want to contribute to your church every month for this building campaign? So I set a goal of $300, literally, because that is what I'd put down on my pledge card, $250, $300 a month. So she worked on getting me to that goal. Now, granted, when I first joined, as with many companies, I got a lot of startup bonuses and things like that to the tune of thousands of dollars, all of which I donated to my church, gave to my church. And then I worked it long enough to get my residual check, my true residual without the bonus, to $250, $300 a month. And then I want you to hear me on this, okay? So when the checks started coming in for $200, $300, somewhere in there, I started having my checks direct deposited to my church simply because I was just too afraid that I would spend them or I wouldn't be a good student. I'd be too tempted by the money. And I really wanted to honor my commitment to my church. So I, I just had them direct deposited. And then this is the part I always tell people, and I want them to hear me on this. I basically quit the business. I basically quit. I mean, I didn't call in and resign, uh, you know, and I kept my website up, but I, I hardly ever went to a meeting. I quit talking about the business to anyone. I was not prospecting. I was not getting customers. And I was just sort of checked out. I got real busy with my job and with my kids and with my family. And quite frankly, during that time, uh, the gentleman that would eventually become the number one income earner in that company continued to call me and call me and call me. And every time I saw his number on my phone, I would roll him to voicemail because he was a former basketball coach. And I thought, man, I don't want him to give me some kind of Coach Carter, Hoosiers type speech trying to get me in back into the business because I was just mentally checked out. But he was persistent. He kept calling me. Well, finally, he gets smart, Simon, and calls me from a number that I did not recognize. He must have used someone else's cell phone. So I answered 
And, you know, initially I started, of course, making all these excuses. You know, it's almost like running into your personal trainer at the grocery store and you got a big old chocolate cake in your cart. You know, I was just like, oh, I'm sorry. I've been busy, blah, blah, blah. He literally cut me off. And this was something that I learned from him as a mentor to me early on in the business. One of his mantras was you can make money or you can make excuses, but you can't make both. And I didn't know that about him as a coach and, and, and as a network marketing professional, but he just basically cut me off. He didn't want to hear any of my excuses. And he said, Jennifer, Jennifer, here's the deal. I'm about to run in to show the plan right now. I've mainly been trying to get a hold of you because I want you to log into your back office and take a look at it and then call me back. And then he literally hung up on me. I mean, to the point where I literally looked at the phone and I was like, that was rude, you know? Well, I was so checked out of the business, I had to call into my company to get my associate ID number and my password because, you know, now I was curious. I was like, why does he want me to look at my back office report so bad? You know, that, that's just weird. So I log in. The last time I had looked at it, Simon, I had about 39, 40 associates. Well, I click on the associate tab in our back office. It now said I had over 180-something associates. I was like, okay. So I go over to the commissions tab and I click on that. My checks that had been $300 a month were now almost $1,200 a month being direct deposited to my church. Wow. Okay. So I tell everybody, you know, because when I'm speaking in front of large groups, they all kind of gasp or they chuckle. And I'm like, I always tell you guys the story, not to just show you what an idiot I am, but to prove to you that that things like that, the power of residual can resonate with somebody. Because as I always say, I mean, do you really think $1,000 a month is life-changing for somebody who is already making six figures? No, it wasn't, it wasn't the amount. What was crazy about it, and the reason I tell everybody that was the moment that I literally became what I call mentally unemployable, is the fact that it happened without me. And I always look at people in the audience when I'm talking in, in, in my meetings now, and I say, I want you to ask yourself this question. Could you walk away from what you're doing right now for four to five months, you know, go park your butt on a hammock in Belize and sit pina coladas for four to five months and even have a job or a small business, much less a raise when you got back? And the answer for everyone, 97% of the population out there that works for money and works for people, the answer is no, I, I can't do that. I mean, I'm talking from people working three jobs all the way up to I've sat with CEOs that are making 80, 90,000, you know, 80,000, 90,000 a month, 100,000 a month, some of them, but they're employees. They can't walk away from it. You know, they're tied to it. And they can't live anywhere in the world. They can't, you know, have life on their terms. And it's such a powerful uh, experience that I had. It was one of the best moments in network marketing for me, you know, now looking back. But it was one of the worst experiences in terms of I thought, gosh, you know, how did I not know this? How, how did I not know this in college? How did I not know this all these years that I poured into trying to get a job and have a career? I mean, if I had known this, when I was, you know, 22 years old, well, where would I be in life? Mm. I mean, it literally took the lid off my life, Simon. It truly did. 
I think part of the uh, you brought up a good point. Like, um, if everyone knew what residual income actually is and the feeling, it, just like money coming in, they will work the business ten times, you know, ten thousand times harder, and like, exactly. the old excuses will go away. It's and like you had brought up that uh, I wish you wish you knew it at twenty two, but you kind of brought up in the you know the rich dad poor dad, the poor dad background, right? It's kind of like you studied so hard and you come from a family educated family. They all went that poor dad route, and they simply they don't teach you that in school. They teach you that good grades, but they don't really teach you the match and the power of residual income. No, they don't. And and you know, and I in fact I was just talking to the CEO uh, of the company that I'm with now. And, um, you know, he's actually been a mentor of mine. He was one of the top income earners in my former company, and I've known him for 10 years. And we were, we were just talking the other day about the fact that it's had such a generational effect even on my family um, in terms of, you know, my children who, you know, when I first entered network marketing, my youngest wa- wasn't even one yet, and she's now 11. And then I have a a 15-year-old son and now a 19-year-old daughter that's a freshman uh, at the University of Alabama. But what I see in all of my children is this entrepreneurial, dream big, there's no limit on my life type of attitude. I mean, even my own daughter who is in college, she is basically there to get the fundamentals and foundation for her to go be an entrepreneur. She says it all the time. And, you know, and, and. I think it's just because, and in fact, I even told my kids growing up, I said, be careful. I want you to go to college. It's important. And if you can get in and do the college thing, that's great because I think it gives you a lot of great tools. It teaches you a lot in terms of uh, getting along with society and and what the trends are and things like that. But at the end of the day, I've told all my kids, be very, very careful because college will only teach you how to be a good employee. It's going to teach you how to go to work for somebody else, not for yourself. So just be cognizant of that as you're going through those classes and think, what can I pull from what I'm learning here to go be an entrepreneur, to go own my own business, to, uh, to have multiple streams of income, and to try to find residual income in particular? Definitely. Definitely. You know your mentor uh, that you talked about? Was that Logan? Yes, that's Logan Stout. He is an amazing. He is awesome, awesome. You know, we had him on ML Nation. Uh, listeners, if you haven't listened to that episode, that's episode 47. And many people said that was one of the top five episodes, especially when Logan talked about the belief and the three laws of ownership mindset. And uh, incredible, incredible leader. Definitely check that out. Episode 47 on ML Nation. Uh, getting back to you, Jennifer, I think one of the – one of the, I think, the big lesson that you, you just shared the story about the coach was I love the way he communicated with posture. Like, he's been trying to hunt you down, hunt you down, hunt you down. Finally, he gets hold of you, and he doesn't talk that much. He just creates, I think the magic is he created curiosity, right? Yeah. He created curiosity, and then boom, lets you go. And then before you can, I think most people will try to oversell. Most people who are inexperienced mentors would try to talk, give you the pep talk, to try to convince you, to get you back going. But instead, she, I love it how he made it so simple. Just go check your back office and just hangs up on you. So that is really good, uh, just really good communication, really good posture. Yeah, he just really had, uh, it wasn't arrogance. It was just a sense of confidence in, in what we had our hands on. And that was shocking to me almost, that he wasn't begging me. Uh, and in fact, this same mentor of mine and, you know, that, 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 
that mentored me for eight years as our number one income earner in my former company, his, one of his big sayings is, don't ever beg anybody to go get rich with you. Mm. Uh, you know, don't ever beg anybody to go get rich with you. You can't do that. In fact, I think kind of his rule of thumb was that he would reach out to people two, three times. And then from there, maybe kind of put him in sort of a slower, what we would call drip file and come back to them because, you know, his big thing also was that no is never no. It's just not right now. And that even included associates that had joined and weren't doing anything. But like you said, it was just his, his posture, his confidence of, and really, if you read between the lines and all that too, he was also diligent in the fact that he was monitoring his business. He was looking down and seeing the fact that I had a good back office to take a look at. Yeah, he, he knows his numbers. He, yes. He's not like treating like a hobby. He knows exactly what's going on. Exactly. That was huge. And I think that's a great, you know, it's a great example. Of, you know, we always heard the term, don't push a horse to water, but leading a horse to water, right? And he basically didn't push you, he just led you. They go right. check your back office, that's it. He just put it right in front of the cat, kind of the, threw the carrot right in front of you and s- wanted to see whether you're going to go after the carrot or not. Yeah, and more importantly, not only did he lead the horse to water, and even if I didn't want to drink, he was going to make sure he salted my oats. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes, definitely. He was going to make me thirsty. Yes. Um, Let's go to another part of your journey. In your 10 plus years, what would you, because success is a journey, the entrepreneurial roller coaster, the ups and downs. I want to know the worst moment for you in network marketing, the worst, worst moment where you even had doubts and maybe regrets that you got involved in this, but somehow you kept on going and that's why you are where you are today. Well, I think, you know, gosh, there's multiple, there were multiple different struggles in my journey. Um, By no means was I an overnight success. Um, And in fact, it's kind of funny because I think a lot of people in my company now, um, you know, we're very ground floor. We're not even two year, we just hit the two year, or actually we'll be at two years uh, in May of this year. But um, a lot of people think I was just some sort of overnight success. And I'm like, no, guys, I'm telling you, it was that whole Michael Jordan, I failed over and over and over again. And that is why I succeed, you know. Um, but, you know, there were multiple struggles out of the gate. I mean, first of all, probably the biggest struggle was me getting over my own belief about network marketing and about residual income. I can't even tell you for certain, Simon, that even when all that happened with me with my church, that I was a 100% believer in the process because I still had some credibility issues. In fact, I kind of joke that I think a lot of network marketers fail at network marketing because they're closet networkers, you know, which I'm like, to be a closet networker is like being a jumbo shrimp. It's like an oxymoron, you know, you, you have to tell people what you do. You can't be embarrassed by it. And I found myself, because my own beliefs weren't really there yet in what I was doing, because I had such a blueprint, as T. Harbecker would say, financially and mentally, about wealth, about entrepreneurs, but especially about network marketing, that even when I was full-time in it, I found that people would come up to me sometimes at parties and say, hey, you know, what do you do for a living? And I'd almost like under my breath, sort of looking away, say, I do network marketing, almost like I was embarrassed by it. And it wasn't until I really started doing some personal development, started reading some good books, like you mentioned, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I mean, I tell people that that book next to the Bible changed my life. Um, You know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad was huge for me. T. Harv Eker, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, 
uh, all of the John Maxwell books, especially Beyond Talent. That was a huge book for me. Um, you know, uh, GoPro by Eric Warre, Stout Advice by Logan Stout. I mean, that's one of the best books out there on, on network marketing, especially. But just reading all those good books, um, you know, and, and really kind of lifting the lid off the way I thought about things sort of brought me out of the closet and, and gave me that posture, gave me that confidence to take me to the next level. So, you know, that was one struggle was getting over me. The other struggle was getting over all the people that I was close to uh, that were sort of naysayers in my life. And, you know, even if my husband were sitting here on the call with me right now, he would tell you that probably the biggest naysayer in the beginning was him. And I had to live with him, you know, for, for years um, when he wasn't necessarily a big believer in what I was doing. He had a lot of personal hangups about it. And, you know, I, in, in a way, it was sort of the, you know, as, as the quote would say, the best of times and the worst of times, because, you know, I just had this internal, I'm going to prove to him that this works. And not only that, I'm going to do it for him because he worked so hard at his job for our family and he had eventually started his own company. And I just thought, man, if this could, if I could develop residual to the point where it could free us both, that would be so amazing. And so that was really kind of what fueled me on, but it was, it was hard to deal with in the beginning. It was, it was hard to deal with people that I loved and cared about being very negative of, about my industry and about what I was doing. You mentioned about building belief, right, in the residual and really about the business, and you overcame that through personal development. Um, you also had, I read somewhere that you were very skeptical, kind of anti and supplements because of your pharmaceutical medical background. And now you're the top earner at a health and wellness company. How did you build a belief in the products, in, in, in supplements? Well, I, there was a lot, there's a lot to that story from the simple fact that, you know, as, as I tell everybody without, you know, really trying to get into my company too much, you know, basically when I, when I, it was more, you know, and I think this really applies to network marketing in general. You know, people don't buy products. They buy people. They, they, it's about relationship with, with people. That's why network marketing works. Relationship marketing works because people buy people. They don't buy products. And that's a lot of how I came into this health and wellness company from a service-based company. So here I am sitting on the beach, you know, in Punta Cana, in the Dominican Republic. I'm a top earner. Uh, you know, in the service-based company that had taken me eight years to get to that position. Now, by no means was I top 10 or top 20. I, was, I think I was the number 40 income earner. But I was driving a free Mercedes-Benz. You know, I, I was able to stay home because of my income. It wasn't necessarily, you know, killing it in terms of what I know is possible now in network marketing. But I was doing well, well enough to stay home. And quite frankly, Simon, after eight years of sort of failing my way to the top, I was a little bit tired. And when I first heard rumors when we were sitting on the beach that our number two earner, Logan Stout, we've already mentioned him, was going to be starting his own network marketing company, I quite honestly, I was just like, you know, that's just Logan. I mean, because Logan has a, has a background, as you know, from, from listening to episode 47 in both a product-based and a service-based company. He's been very successful in traditional business, um, you know, the whole nine yards. And Quite frankly, the only reason I ever even picked up the phone and called him, especially after I heard it was health and wellness, because that really turned me off, because I had all these negative, 
uh, scenarios going on in my brain in regards to what I had experienced from probably what I would consider, you know, poor tactic type network marketers that I had dealt with when I was in pharmaceutical sales that were trying to recruit me for health and wellness companies. But the only reason I called him, honestly, fast forward, was about two months later, I was just cleaning my house one day and I just flipped on the TV for noise and there was Logan and he was on Fox Business News being interviewed in a segment titled, Can You Be a Multimillionaire by the Age of 25? And I tell everybody, it really wasn't anything Logan said in the interview about network marketing or owning traditional businesses or anything. I just had this moment from what I remembered in my former company where when I had joined that company, that service-based company, they were about six months old. And in fact, Logan had only joined maybe two months prior to me joining. Uh, but yet, you know, I'd watched Logan for eight years make $150,000, $200,000 a month in residual, whereas my check was nowhere near that. And I think a lot of that was because he literally was like a racehorse. I mean, he was like a racehorse with blinders. He put his head down and he ran that race without stopping. Whereas I would kind of start and stop and start and stop. And a lot of it was because I was getting hit, you know, with as, you know, as Jerry Clark would say out there in the industry with Murphy's committee, I was getting hit with all the Murphy's, you know, and I didn't know how to deal with them because I didn't have the personal development or the belief in place. And so I was getting knocked down and I'd stop and I'd come back and I'd stop, which is rare in network marketing. I know a lot of people stop and they never come back, but I just sort of took my time. And so when I was, when I saw Logan on that, on that, on that news report, I thought, man, I'm not going to miss this one. I mean, I at least have to pick up the phone and find out what he's doing. And cause I said, this is like knowing Mark Zuckerberg personally, and he's about to go start Facebook or something, you know, because everything Logan touches turns to gold. So I called him and sort of the rest was history. But to make a long story short, when, when I got involved in the company that I'm in now, I didn't take the timing of it for granted. I knew we had our hands on an incredible product that was proprietary. We had some huge investors and backers, you know, like the Perot family and Troy Aikman's an investor. And, you know, I was like, I'm not going to waste this like I wasted it in my other company. That was a great company, too. But I missed it because I, I just didn't put myself out there and treat it like a business and run hard like a racehorse. And so that's what I did here. I just put my head down. And I turned my fears and my failures into fuel, as a lot of people would say. And I just went for it. I put my visual out front of myself standing on the stage, accepting the award as the number one income earner. Um, and it wasn't even about me and being recognized as much as it was about gathering up what I now call my Ocean's Eleven, my, my people in my life that I care about, my friends and my family, and saying, let's do this together. Because, you know, everybody talks about walking the beaches of the world and network marketing, and that's great. But I don't want to be alone when I do that. I want to take as many people with me on that ride as possible. And that's one of the, the amazing things that I tell people we have our hands on in network marketing. You know, you go to work in corporate America, it's all about you and maybe your immediate family. But, you know, when I worked at AstraZeneca Pharmaceuticals or Novartis Pharmaceuticals or in my biotech company... I couldn't go to my best friend and share that wealth with her. Whereas in network marketing, I can. I can share that opportunity with my friends and family. And we can lock arms as a team and go out and kill it. 
In fact, that's one of the things I admire about my mentor, Logan Stout, is he always says individuals play the game, but teams win championships. And that's really, really true. I mean, it's all about the team. It's about making sure, you know, that you're able to bring your friends and family along on this amazing journey of network marketing. How have you seen the industry change in the past 10 years? Um, I've seen the industry change in terms of I really feel like there's a much bigger and, and maybe this is just a, a rose colored glasses perspective because I I love the industry. But I truly believe that the industry has changed uh, in, in terms of, uh, of acceptance. I think the recession and the back to back recessions really that this country went through, especially and I and I know network marketing is worldwide, but I think the impact of the recession here in the United States. Uh, really showed people that having one form of income is not enough. And, you know, I, I tell people all the time in meetings, I'm like, you know, raise your hand if you have auto insurance. And everybody raises their hand. Raise your hand if you have life insurance. Raise your hand if you have health insurance. Raise your hand if you have, for God's sakes, pet insurance. I mean, there's people out there with pet insurance. And I'm like, now raise your hand if you have income insurance. And everybody gets real uncomfortable. Some people giggle. Every now and again, you'll get kind of a smart aleck that'll raise their hand and go, oh, I have income insurance. And I'm like, what is it? And they're like, short-term disability, long-term disability. And I'm like, <laughs> what, is the, what is the key word in that? Disability. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to lose a leg to have to retire, you know? So I, I tell people, you know, for $329 in my first opportunity, I was able to get some income insurance. Because everybody has a plan B for if, they're, if they get in a car accident, if their house floods, if they get broken into, if they get terminal cancer, if their dog chokes on a bone. But they don't have a plan B for the number one thing that puts food on their table and a roof over their head. And I'm like, network marketing, man, is income insurance. I, I'm like, guys, it's, it's ridiculous that people do not do network marketing. You know, Logan says it all the time. You know, if if everybody understood network marketing, they'd do it. The only reason people don't do network marketing is because they don't understand it. Yeah, absolutely. And even no, uh, no matter what happens to your company, whatever, but if, if you keep growing the business, uh, like what you experience, you grow your mind through the personal development, right? Even if the other income disappears, because you've grown as a person, you easily get that income right back. Absolutely. And so because of that, because of the recession, you know, I think people got a lot more open-minded about looking for additional forms of income and, and they see network marketing as a viable way to do that. I think too, because they see big powerhouses and billionaires, you know, Warren Buffett, I think he's an investor in like three different network marketing companies, two or three of them. Um, I know over here at our company, we've got the Perot family. We've got two other billionaires involved, Mike Salem and Darwin Deason. Um, you know, and if billionaires are investing in network marketing, shouldn't we all be investing in network marketing? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Hey, thank you for those huge belief builders. It's, uh, it's good to hear like billionaires investing in network marketing. It, it puts the whole thing in a totally different perspective. Absolutely. Know? And especially for our listeners who are like, they have the negative friends and family. And that's a good thing. You, you know, you can reply back to them. Hey, billionaires are investing in network marketing. You know, how cool is that? Uh, Jennifer, I, Jennifer, I really appreciate your time. As we wrap up, because uh, otherwise we can go on and on forever. You have such an interesting background. Uh, some really quick questions to pick your brain, okay? 
And and these could be short uh, one-sentence answers or one word. And the first one is, what is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you? My favorite success quote, and I use it all the time with my team, is that a rising tide raises all ships. Um, I, I wouldn't say that it's something I see all the time in network marketing, but I do see in the industry as a whole, obviously, we're all competitive. Um, you know, people are out there, and like I said, they're running their race, and I get that. But I think within your company and within your opportunity, the more you help everybody, you know, whether you have a financial reason to or not, you know, in my former company, we didn't really have a financial reason to all help each other, but we did it anyway. That was just the culture of the company. Uh, here at the company that I'm with now, uh, we do it anyway because we have a great culture, mainly because a lot of us came from that other company. But Logan even put a financial incentive on the table, a, a global pool bonus. Uh, and I'll, I've seen a lot of companies out there starting to do that because if everyone has a financial incentive to help one another or even a cultural incentive to help one another, it helps everybody. I mean, that rising tide truly raises all ships. You know, if, if I had somebody in my downline in my former company that potentially I didn't get paid on in the comp plan, but they said, you know, Jennifer, we just really connected with you and you were a former pharmaceutical rep. And would you mind jumping on a, on a quick three-way phone call and talk to somebody I know who's a pharmaceutical rep? I was like, sure. Because here's the deal. I want that person to have the best experience possible with our opportunity because then the word on the street becomes that that opportunity is, is where you can go and you can win. What is one habit that's helped you become successful? I would say probably the biggest habit, if you could call it a habit, is persistence. You just don't quit. You just don't quit. You have to persist every day. You have to get up and persevere every day. You have to get almost like a thick skin to go around some of the obstacles that you're going to encounter, some of the negativity, some of the rejection, uh, maybe some internal company issues that you may have, glitches along the way. But you've got to get back up. You know, it's that whole saying of it's not how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get back up. You've really got to get back up and keep punching away and keep persevering. And I would say that's been the number one habit uh, that has, has made me the success I am today. I can honestly tell you, and you, I know you guys have heard it before, but the only way to fail at network marketing is to quit. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? Probably the best piece of advice that I ever received uh, in terms of um, network marketing would have probably been that I need to utilize as much of my uh, travel time and downtime uh, for personal development as possible. And that was a big piece of advice for me, simply because when I first entered network marketing, as many people do, I was working full time. I had a lot on my plate uh, with three children and a husband. Um, and I didn't have a lot of time to read or a lot of time, you know, I love to read. I was an English minor in college, you know, and, and I've, I've written a book, uh, believe it or not, years ago uh, about pharmaceutical sales. But the bottom line is, you know, with all that being said, I didn't have time to read. And if I got into bed to read in the evenings, I'd fall asleep. I was so exhausted. And so when one of my mentors said, turn your car into a rolling university and start getting books on either audible.com or download them on iTunes or buy them on CD, however you want to do it, and start turning that windshield time 
um, into a time to really pour into yourself and do some personal development, it'll be a game changer. They were absolutely right. Um, that was one of the things that really turned my business around. I'd gotten pretty far in my last company in terms of rank advancement, but I, I, I really struggled to go from that third rank advancement to the top one. And it was personal development that got me there. And it was just hours of windshield time, um, listening to books on tape, listening to audiobooks. And uh, as my mentor uh, who mentored me on that told me, he said, Jennifer, do you realize that if you spent three years of just windshield time listening to audiobooks, not three years total in terms of time, but like, you know, if every day you got in your car for three years and listened to, you know, maybe 20 minutes to an hour, at the end of it, you'd have what would be equivalent to like a, a two-year degree in, you know, entrepreneurship. And that really resonated with me. So, uh, and, and I got to say, that was huge. Personal development is huge. And even, even where I'm at in the company that I'm at now, in terms of being the number one earner, uh, I've never forgotten that. Um, you know, and my mentor now, Logan Stout, tells me all the time, you can never stop learning. You can never stop growing. You can never stop being coachable and teachable. Uh, there's never going to come a day when I know it all. And, and if, if there is a day that comes where it's like that, then I'm, I'm done. You know, I'm always open-minded um, to learning more and, and how can I develop myself into being a better leader um, and how can I develop my team because really at the end of the day, what keeps me awake at night is the fact that, uh, you know, I have all these people who it's their goals and their dreams that drive me every day. Um, you know, I, I, I'm doing great. Uh, you know, I have a lot of goals and dreams that I aspire to still yet as the number one income earner, but really what powers me now is my team's goals and dreams. What's your favorite prospecting to you? So say someone's interested in the business, do you sit down, do you send them a link to an online video? Do you sit down with them and use a newsletter or a magazine or do you sample? What do you like to use? Um, well, really, I would say it's a tie between samples and videos. Um, I'm, I'm real big on third-party credibility. In fact, if you talk to anybody from my former company, they, would, they, they literally called me the due diligence queen. And I think that was sort of a holdover from my days as a cardiovascular specialty rep because doctors are very skeptical. So I was sort of a natural skeptic. Um, and, and I'm a real big believer, and I know we hear it a lot in network marketing, but I am a big believer in documentation beats conversation. I do not expect anyone to believe what comes out of my mouth. I want to show them in a third-party tool that that's the fact. You know, like with my company now, when I tell them, Troy Aikman is not a paid spokesperson. He's an investor in the company. Like, he owns part of the company. I literally send them a Fox News report where both he and Logan are being interviewed about our company and about the supplement industry. And he says himself on the video that he, you know, before becoming an investor in the company, he did a lot of research and a lot of homework. And that proves to people, because I don't expect them to believe me, because you hear a lot of stuff out there, a lot of noise, really in any industry, but a lot of it is not based in fact. And so I'm, I'm real big on that. And then, of course, sampling. Um, now, that was difficult in my former company because I was with a service-based company. That, you know, we were in the energy industry, so I always kind of joke that, you know, we couldn't sample kilowatts. But, um, you know, over here, you know, with products and really in any company where you have excellent products, and there's a lot of great companies out there with excellent products, I'm real big on sampling heavy. 
you know, uh, I'm even jokingly kind of tell my team, which, you know, poor Logan, he like rolls his eyes every time I say this. Uh, he's like, Jennifer, you've got to find a better analogy. But, you know, our proprietary product is really more of an industry disruptor. It's something that's really trying to revolutionize the industry. It's proprietary. It's a new way of thinking. It's kind of a, a Apple, Google kind of ground floor thing, which is great, which is why we're here and why everybody's invested and we have all these big names. But sort of, I always say, if that's the crack or the crack, you know, that you're trying and you're a crack dealer, crack dealers don't start with the crack. They start with the free stuff, right? That gets everybody hooked. And we've got a lot of great products out there that are easy to sample that if you just give somebody three or four days worth of sleep or, or energy or whatever your product may be, they're going to come back to you and say, man, I need more of that. How do I get more of that? And then you can open it up to a bigger conversation about, you know, why don't you sleep or why don't you have energy? And it can lead to the bigger products. So that's a big deal. Do you have a favorite online resource like a Dropbox or Evernote or a favorite app on your phone that you could recommend? Uh, really, there's a couple of different things that I use quite a bit. Um, probably the thing I get hit up most for from people out there that know me and know my online presence especially is a lot of them say, well, how do you put together your little promotional memes that promote your, um, your meetings and uh, some of the quotes you put together that you put up on Instagram or Facebook. And so I always tell people I use, uh, I use InstaQuote quite a bit uh, and I use PicFrame quite a bit to create my memes and create kind of my marketing uh, memes online. The other thing that I use quite a bit in terms of functionality, well, really two different ones, I use, uh, you know, especially in the beginning when we were launching our company here and we were in pre-launch, um, I used freeconferencecall.com a lot, uh, free conference call that's been out there for forever, but I just like it because it's unlimited lines, it's free, um, it's a real easy way to get everybody conferenced in and, and it gives you some basic controls that you can use without spending any money. Um, initially out of the gate. Uh, and then also, too, I love the app GroupMe, G-R-O-U-P-M-E. It's a real great way to get everybody on a group text and create different leadership groups uh, that you can message um, in real time, send pictures, things like that. So I would say those, those are the ones that I really like. I know you've read lots of books, but what's one or two books you could recommend to MM Nation? Probably, well, the number one book that I recommend um, to everybody initially when they get into network marketing is Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Um, I tell everybody that, you know, next to the Bible, that book changed my life. Um, but number two uh, would probably have to be for me, uh, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker. Uh, and that's E-K-E-R. Um, but... I think what that book really did for me, and I, I guess I would have to say that's a tie with Stout Advice by Logan Stout, but Stout Advice wasn't out at the time that I read uh, T. Harv Ecker's book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, but it really unlocked my mind in terms of the way wealthy people think. He gives 17 wealth principles uh, that wealthy people kind of hold dear that are different from the way the average person thinks. So, um, and that really changed the way I thought about wealth, about success, about entrepreneurship. And uh, and Nation, I know you love audio because so you, you listen to the show. So if you haven't already, you can get an amazing free audiobook 
at MLMNationBook.com. That is MLMNationBook.com. Now, Jennifer, here's the last question, the million-dollar question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Before we go into the million-dollar question, how would you like to sponsor people like Jennifer Moran, these smart people, right? In the past couple episodes, you got all these top entrepreneurs or even they were not entrepreneurs. They were successful corporate people making six figures. You know, you need to know how to approach them. And I just talk, you know, if you have, these are the chicken list people, right? If you're scared to talk to them, I'll teach you how to approach them. Uh, There's three type of prospects. You're going to learn S, O, and W. And there's different approaches. I think one of the big mistakes that people make, this is actually one of the five daily prospecting mistakes that people make is they put too much pressure, they try to convince everyone, and they turn off these successful, smart people. So go to my sponsored workshop. It's a two-hour webinar. It is intense, but it's no BS, so don't get offended, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to teach you exactly how to approach these people and what to say and the tools and the upline, the help that you should be using so that you're not selling people and you make the business simple. And most importantly, it's going to create duplication in your organization. I also, like I said, I'm going to go over the five daily prospecting mistakes, which if you have trouble sponsoring, I bet you you're at least making one or two of them. So just for that, you should definitely check it out. And I'll also give you one or two closes that you can use to help sign up people to close the deal. So check it out, sponsoringworkshop.com. Okay, sponsoringworkshop.com, you're going to learn the exact skills and the techniques I use uh, to sponsor 87 people, 87, 87 people in one year. And I basically maintain one person, sponsoring one person a week for my first two years or so. And that basically um, it was history. It basically helped me build a six-figure residual income business. So even though I'm not building anymore, I'm retired, I still get paid. So check that out, sponsoringworkshop.com. All right, now that you know that, let's go. Back to the show and listen to what Jennifer has to say to the million-dollar question. Here's the million-dollar question. Imagine you had to start all over again and you knew no one. So you didn't know your downlines. You didn't even know your kids, your husband, your uplines, your mentors. You knew no one. You're kind of like an alien that went to another planet. But yet all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. What's the first thing you do to find prospects or the first place you'll go to find prospects and build an MLM business from scratch? Well, really, I'd probably plug into either networking groups like your BNIs or your meetup groups, or I would uh, try to become a member of the Chamber of Commerce where I live. Simply because, you know, usually you see in those networking groups and those meetup groups, as well as Chambers of Commerce uh, in where you live, those are all business owners. They're already entrepreneurs in some way, shape, or form, typically. Um, And they have that entrepreneur additional form of income. Uh, because they've already got that belief system and that mindset in place. Awesome. And as we wrap up, any last words of advice? And then what's the best way listeners can connect and contact you? Uh, probably, you know, I'm kind of, you know, Facebook and Instagram queen. Uh, but I tell everybody, probably the best way to reach out to me is on Facebook. Um, I'm Jennifer Merritt Moran, M-A-R-E-T Moran, M-O-R-A-N. Just connect with me there. Um, I also have a website uh, for the for the company that I that I'm in as well, but you can access that through Facebook. I don't want to necessarily give that out here since we're talking more in general about the industry. But um, I'm just excited and honored to to be asked to be on here. So thank you so much for having me, Simon. 
ML Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today, you've been hanging out with Jennifer Merritt Moran. So keep up the momentum and go to mlnation.net and type in Jennifer at the search bar. And the show notes and all the nuggets of wisdom that Jennifer shared will be right there. And definitely reach out to her. In order to be successful in network marketing, you must help others. So Jennifer, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thanks again, Jennifer, and God bless you. God bless you too. Thank you, Simon. ML Nation, before we go to the recap and review to an amazing show by Jennifer Merritt Moran, just want to invite you all to check it out. Check out ML Nation Insider. So what is Insider? Insider is a special membership it is not just a coaching club, even though you get 90 minutes of coaching with me every week. Uh, you can ask whatever questions you want. You can email me and I'll answer them on live on the webinar. You can also get a Facebook group. You get over 30 issues of the MLM Nation, official MLM Nation Insider newsletter. And you also get, the, I think the coolest part is I have a lot of these trainings like uh, how to create social media. Uh, these are all $47 courses, how to create Duplic 3 campaign, how to create campaigns in your downline, how to create culture, uh, how to five-step process to have customer retention. These are all courses that sell like 17, uh, most of them are $47. And as an insider member, you get it all for free. And as a MLM Nation listener, you get a special deal that you cannot get online uh, through my website for you can get everything for $1 for the first seven days. You get $1 for the first seven days only at this URL, mlmnationinsider.com. That's mlmnationinsider.com. You can go there, check it out. You can download everything and then quit after seven days. I don't care if it's really special for you. mlmnationinsider.com. Check it out. And um, I hope to see you at one of our live trainings every Monday. We do it 50 weeks a year. If you miss them, we record them so you can always listen to them. Again, MLMNationInsider.com. I hope to see you on the live webinars. All right. Uh, with that said, let's go to the recap and review from an awesome show with Jennifer Merritt Moran. Hey, ML Nation. This is Simon Chan. And a recap and review of a great training from Jennifer Merritt Moran. Definitely go to MLNation.net and just look for Jennifer J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R. And the show notes will pop right up. So some of the main aha moments here. Is um, you know listening in 3D. I like that. I love these uh, na- what do you call them? Acronyms, whatever. 3D, right? Listen for people's dreams. This is when you're prospecting. Listen for people's dreams. Listen to their desire and listen for discontent. And that is how her, you know, her sponsor got her. Got her. You know, she was so negative. Right? I don't want to. Do, I don't do business opportunities. Uh, I'm making a lot of money. Jennifer thought she was sad. She was making six figures, driving a nice brand new Lexus company car. But she, you know, and she talked about people are starved for four things. Number one, time. Number two, money. Number three, relationships. Number four, health. Right. And what got Jennifer was the relationships. She felt that it was really she wanted you know, her church meant a lot, lot to her. She felt she wasn't giving back. And uh, the two, I love it. You know, the upline says, "Hey, if anything, do it as a fundraiser for your church." And she said, "You've done dumber things for three hundred twenty-nine dollars. What, what is it left? You know, what's there to lose by doing that?" So, again, people are starved for four things: time, money, relationships, health. Listen in three D. The dreams, desire, and discontent. I also want to uh, just uh, emphasize our. Uh, her coach, her upline, uh, not her, actually, her, it was her upline, but a coach that the basketball coach, that's the top income earner, that kept on calling her, right? But in how, you know, Jennifer at that time, 
if you remember, uh, she's sharing her experience, wasn't really in the business. She earned a couple hundred dollars and just got busy doing other things. This guy got her back into the business because I'll keep calling her the persistence and also finally when he got her on the phone, he didn't try to sell her or like push a horse to water. He led the horse to water. He just said, hey, go log into your back office. That's what you need. Log, log into your back office and he hung up on her and that got her curious, right? And that's another thing. When you are communicating, you want to create curiosity, right? Don't sell. I think one of the biggest mistakes, people oversell. They give too much info, talk too much, create curiosity instead. And she went and logged in and then the rest is history. She found out all, you know, what residual income was, even though she wasn't building, her associates went up and her income went up. Another thing to take away is the how to increase your belief, whether it's belief in yourself or belief in the products through personal development or turning that university, stop listening to music in the car, right? If you, I mean, I don't need to tell you this, ML Nation. You're listening to the show already, so you know that already. But personal development, keep doing that. Um, another good aha moment is Murphy's Law. Whatever can go wrong, will go wrong, right? Whatever can go wrong, will go wrong. How do you overcome that? Again, personal development. Because personal development builds the mind, the way you look at things. Okay, totally. Everyone has problems, but how you de- how you look at the problem, how you deal with the problem, determines your success or not. Um, I'm going through these. Uh, another big aha moment. I love it. It's just income insurance. Income insurance. Like people have life insurance, health insurance, maybe earthquake insurance. How many people have income insurance? And that's basically what network marketing does. And I think, like I mentioned, you know, network marketing is not something. Nothing lasts forever, and they may things that happen to network marketing, right? But even if something happened to your company, you just restart. You grow your mind. You easily make the money right back up. So. Uh, always personal development. And I think just inspiring. Jennifer, Jennifer has been the number one income earner at her company. And she still invests every day in personal development. You have to grow the mind, right? Grow the mind. I think Jim Rohn taught me the day you stop growing is the day you stop living. So always growing, growing, growing yourself. Um, I think that's it. What an awesome show. Definitely connect with Jennifer. I can go on and on, of course, but just keep it short here. Contact her. Go to mlnation.net. Search for Jennifer, the search bar. Also, if you like these episodes, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. They mean a lot to our team. Um, so just go to iTunes. Please leave a subscribe, rate, and review. And also share with the ML profession. You know, we just got awesome people here. Uh, and by the way, Jennifer, these are successful type of people, right? If you want to, these are the people that can grow, expand your business. She was doing pharmaceutical sales, six-figure earnings. She actually wrote a book about pharmaceutical sales. Obviously, very, very smart people. If you have trouble approaching these people, definitely check out my sponsoring workshop. Just go to sponsoringworkshop.com. I talk about the five daily mistakes how to, um, that people make, how to avoid them, give you two closes that will help you out, and also share... Um, how to have more confidence and posture when you prospect. So definitely check that out, sponsoringworkshop.com. All right, that's it, ML Nation. Again, thank you for Jennifer Merritt Moran. Definitely go connect with her. And thank you, ML Nation, for listening. And remember, we're in the profession to help others. So go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all. Thank you so much for joining us today on MLM Nation. Head over to MLMNation.net for full recaps of every show, our training articles, and helpful resources. Your MLM success is waiting for you. So prepare to take off. Take off.